My name is Padraig Tuma, and one of the reasons I love poetry is because you could say in a certain sense that most, if not all, poems are a certain reflection on time. What happened then? How am I thinking about it now? How do I imagine I'll reflect on that in the future? Over and over again in poetry, time is at its work, and paying attention to time in a poem is one of the ways that we can open up to its great gifts. Species by Tishani Doshi When it is time, we will herd into the bunker of the earth to join the lost animals. Pig-footed bandicoot, giant sea snail, woolly mammoth, no sound of chainsaws, only the soft swish-swish of dead forests pressing our heads to the lake's floor, a blanket of leaves to make fossils of our femurs and last suppers. In a million years they will find and restore us to jungles of Kapok. Their children will rally to stare at ancestors, Neanderthals in caves with paintings of the Gnu period. Papa Homo erectus forever squatting over the thrill of fire. Their bastard offspring with prairie-sized mandibles stuttering over the beginnings of speech. And finally... Us, diminutive species of homo, not so wise, with our weak necks and robo-lovers, our cobalt-speckled lungs. Will it be for them as it was for us, impossible to imagine oceans where there are now mountains? Will they recognise their own story in the feather-tailed dinosaur, stepping out of a wave of extinction to tread over blooms of algae, never once thinking about asteroids or microbial stew? If we could communicate, would we admit that intergalactic colonisation was never a sound plan? We should have learned from the grass, humble in its abundance, offering food and shelter wherever it spread. Instead, we stamped our feet like gods, marvelling at the life we made, imagining all of it to be ours. I love science fiction and I loved the imagination of this poem, imagining some kind of museum of the future where the children of a million years from now are looking back on us and trying to imagine our lives now. And, you know, there's us sophisticated people with smartphones and robots and in this museum of the future, we're alongside dinosaurs. It's a very clever poem. I mean, Tishani Doshi writes funny poems that delight in words like Gnu here. And as well as being a clever and funny poem, it plays with time and it sees today through the lens of the future for whom will be history. And so therefore she's doing something very, very interesting about the present. Toward the end of this poem, there's this question. If we could communicate, would we admit that intergalactic colonisation was never a sound plan? Partly the imagination of the children of the future in a million years looking at us in a museum is perhaps imagining that they've had to find some other planet to populate. And what Tishani Doshi is saying is, is there any evidence now that the colonizations of future planets wouldn't make all the mistakes of colonizations now? 
Is there any way to be human and spread with generosity and shelter and food rather than being human, spreading the ways that European colonizations have done? This poem opens with the words, when it is time. And when it is time for what? You know, is it about this particular period of the Earth's history evolving? Or is it when we've destroyed ourselves or destroyed the Earth? And then the poem goes on to describe how we humans will join other animals, the pig-footed bandicoot, the giant sea snail and the woolly mammoth. So many cultures across the world have a great flood story together then with something like a boat or an ark or a box in which animals were gathered and living beings were saved from the great flood. And this poem is almost like an echo of that, except it's not. There's no resolution at the end of it or happy ever after ending. It's just evolution and extinction and history and looking back. The poem also recognises what can't be preserved, the swish swish of forests and lakes, and even then the capacity to imagine what things used to be like. Those things can't be brought into any ark or boat or any repository to preserve. This poem, in a certain sense, is in three parts. The first part imagines the gatherings of us, you know, alongside some animals and also the things that can't be brought. And then the second part imagines the children of a million years from now coming to a museum and looking at us alongside Neanderthals, how naive we'll all seem to them. But then the third part imagines us speaking back to the future. This line, if we could communicate, would we admit that intergalactic colonisation was never a sound plan. We should have learned from the grass. So this poem, underneath the comic and science fiction elements of it, is really inviting a new relationship to the question of ownership and asks people to consider what it means to be on the earth from the point of view of the grass. The grass provides shelter and abundance, even though there's so much of it. It doesn't take over in a way that's dominant in a negative way. It takes over in a way that's generous. And this poem invites people to think about being present on the earth like that and to think of spreading in a way of sharing food and shelter. Perhaps Tishani Doshi is saying that humanity's tendency or certain aspects of humanity's population's tendency has been to destroy when we spread, if initially or eventually. And there's a question as to whether it's possible to have a different kind of presence on the planet. poem that's ostensibly about the future, imagining us when we will be a long distant memory. There's all kinds of things where we can recognise ourselves now. You know, there's lost animals and chainsaws and dead forest and lakes floor uncovered by water 
And then there's cobalt speckled lungs, you know, whether speckled with cobalt because of mining or smoking, oceans, extinction, colonization, and the practice of imagining everything to be ours. Those aren't things about the future. Those are things about the present and the past. And so we can really recognize something about who we are right now is being articulated, is being brought into conversation through an imagined bewilderment of the future. In that way, science fiction is always a revelation of the present, not about the future. When I was a boy, I used to imagine that science fiction was all about understanding how flying saucers would work. But the older I got, the more I realized that science fiction is always about the present. Tishani Doshi is a poet from India. She's of Welsh and Gujarati origin. And as well as being a poet, she's a renowned dancer. And her poems often make really contemporary references to things like Instagram or the Brazilian Buttlift or Patrick Swayze. And they make use of these everyday, sometimes funny expressions in a way that brings them into conversation with serious world issues. And in this instance, a certain kind of science fiction is in conversation with climate change and the legacy of ownership and dominance and colonization is being shown to in an imagination about a future that's bewildered by our present and our past. The poem is centred on the page, which is a really unusual way for contemporary poetry to be presented. And so it kind of looks like it's in the shape of an egg timer, a little bit broader at the top. It, it narrows in the middle and goes out again toward the end. Not entirely like that, but it's got a little bit of an image of an egg timer in it, the way I look at it, which again makes me think of time, perhaps time running out or somebody measuring time. Not time a million years into the future, but time now and wondering what are we going to do now? There's another level of communication about time happening in this poem because it isn't only about imagining the future and imagining how the future will want to look back on us. It's also about communicating with each other now. There's this line, if we could communicate. This poem is yearning for a meeting of minds across a chasm of experience and time. But it's also, I think, hoping that communication can happen while there's the possibility of preventing some extinctions, ways within which, even in the here and now, there's a vast chasm between some people and other people. If we could communicate, that's one of the hopes. What would it be like to be able to communicate to each other about climate change, about the practices of colonization in the here and now? Not to wait until we're all in a museum of the future, but to look at a way in which we can talk with each other now in the hope of something vital to be done in the present. Species by Tishani Doshi. When it is time, we will herd into the bunker of the earth to join the lost animals. Pig-footed bandicoot, giant sea snail, woolly mammoth, 
No sound of chainsaws, only the soft swish swish of dead forests pressing our heads to the lake's floor. A blanket of leaves to make fossils of our femurs and last suppers. In a million years, they will find and restore us to the jungles of Kapok. Their children will rally to stare at ancestors, Neanderthals in caves with paintings of the Ganu period. Papa Homo erectus forever squatting over the thrill of fire, their bastard offspring with prairie-sized mandibles stuttering over the beginnings of speech, and finally us, diminutive species of Homo, not so wise with our weak necks and robo-lovers, our cobalt-speckled lungs. Will it be for them as it was for us, impossible to imagine oceans where there are now mountains? Will they recognise their own story in the feather-tailed dinosaur stepping out of a wave of extinction to tread over blooms of algae, never once thinking about asteroids or microbial stew? If we could communicate would we admit that intergalactic colonisation was never a sound plan? We should have learned from the grass, humble in its abundance, offering food and shelter wherever it spread. Instead, we stamped our feet like gods, marvelling at the life we made, imagining all of it to be ours. Shani Doshi's book, A God at the Door. Thank you to the Permissions Company on behalf of Copper Canyon Press, who gave us permission to use Deshani's poem. Read it on our website at onbeing.org. Poetry Unbound is Gotham Shrikishan, Aaron Kalasako, Eddie Gonzalez, Lillian Vo, and me, Chris Hegel. Our music is composed and provided by Gotham Shrikishan and Blue Dot Sessions. This podcast is produced by On Being Studios, which is located on Dakota land. We also produce other podcasts you might enjoy, like On Being with Krista Tippett, Becoming Wise, and This Movie Changed Me. Find those wherever you like to listen or visit us at onbeing.org to find out more. This podcast is produced by On Being Studios in Minneapolis, Minnesota.